Welcome to another episode of Human Design Meets Astrogeography and Vice Versa. <laughs> Love to have you here. It's wonderful that you're watching. Just want to say thank you for being here and thank you for sharing too, because I'm sure at the end of this episode, you might know one or two people you'd love to share it with, and we would really appreciate that. My name is Lauren. I'm your human design reader, and I'm representing human design, and this is Meg. Hi, I'm Meg. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, and I specialize in astrogeography. And we're here to share information about how the fusion of these two sciences can come together to make an interesting collaboration of energy, because ultimately, we're energy beings and there's energy points on the earth and why not harness those energy points to manifest, but properly manifest. So we're experimenting with this ourselves. We're opening up this. This is not something that um, is actually a thing. We're hoping to make it a thing, this fusion <laughs> between the two, because we believe that there is a lot of value in this. And Meg will explain to you before we go into our topics a little bit about why it's so important to understand your astrogeography. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the thing that like opened up my mind about astrogeography is that all of the lines are unique and special to, to everyone. So, where you were born, your the line that's running through your birth location is different to, to everyone that you know. So you're interacting, constantly interacting with different people every day. And if they have energy that is different or some, you know, similar to yours, you're kind of picking up on those vibes, knowing the astrogeography of your own self and then also the people that are around you, because you do start getting it quite obsessive about pulling up charts like human design you start pulling up everyone's charts to find out where they are it really does give you just a little bit of insight into like why you're feeling a particular way um and especially with relocation because some people are kind of basing their decisions based on like i uh, you know i want to leave a certain country and i want to go somewhere else and then this is where i can go and if the energy is not right for you that move it i mean being an expat moving abroad is exceptionally difficult just in just in ordinary terms but if you're going to a very challenging line or a hard aspect line that can make or break that move for you so that's why i think astrogeography is so important um yeah absolutely and you know the thing is with astrogeography, it also explains why in some places people have different experiences, whether that be positive or negative as well. A friend of mine mentioned that she has a friend who's just able to manifest all these amazing things towards her and everything that she basically wants, she gets. And I kind of smiled and I said to her, I would love to know what lines that your friend is on um, and how a human design chart works. Because she's probably just harnessing the energy, activating herself in that space. And it flows because she's she's kind of worked out how to make it flow. And she's probably on a very good line as well. Definitely. I also think that there's something to be said about the energy that you're born with. Um, I, I say this a lot to a lot of my clients is that like uh, understanding the energy that you were born with and being able to harness that, whether it's good or bad or challenging, it get, comes with some lessons and some blessings and things. So even if you're moving away from that line, you're still able to harness that energy because it's something that comes naturally to you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are challenging lines and there are good lines and there are abundance lines and there's all sorts of other lovely lines. But like th the end of the day, it's just, yeah, knowing is the first step, like understanding what it is and today we're going to talk about actually the mars line a little bit about mars in general and that's because i've relocated 
relocated to the UK and I'm on my Mars line, basically just right in the middle, running through me. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we go into it, we'd love to just talk a little bit about birth time because both Meg and I feel very strongly and it's, I know it's quite obvious about having your correct birth time and not guessing it, not trying to use any sort of divination to find it, but actually really finding your correct birth time. I'll let Meg explain why from an astro astrological point of view it's important, and then I'll talk about it from a human design point of view. Yeah, so, I mean, the birth time um, in astrology sets up your rising sign, and so if it sets up your rising sign as Aries, then it lays out all the houses according to that um so if you don't know your exact birth time you would know what your sun sign is and you would you would maybe know what your moon sign is and 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 what the planet signs are but you won't know the houses so it's really important for astrology uh to know what the houses are because how that sun um if that sun's in you know the first house versus the 10th house there's very different themes that come up in that person's life in astrogeography, it's it's impossible. You can't actually pull a chart without a uh, without a birth time, um, and if you you're even off by 15 minutes, the lines change drastically. Like I had a client that wasn't sure between 11 and 11:15 when she was born, and the time it was like literally she was moving from like a Uranus line to a Jupiter line, and the two are just completely different energies. So if you don't know your birth time, you you really do need to um, get a special um, reading done by an astrologer. It's called a chart retrification. Yeah, just sorry, I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> so you get your chart retrified, and it's really important that, like, yeah, that astrologer will ask you key moments in your life and will pinpoint um, where the planets were at the time of those things happening and literally work all the way back down to, like, what your birth time is um and yeah and that's a very specialized field it, exactly i was going to say that it's actually a very specialized field it's not and it's very mathematical i believe as well yeah 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 no it's uh it's not something that 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 i can do myself um i don't know of anyone do you know of somebody that that can do yes. actually yeah. i do so i'll provide a link below um in our comments or any sort of um messages below that we have and we'll share that with you so from a human design point of view, one minute either way on your chart doesn't really change too much. Maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, you're finding that you still have the same chart, depending, because I had a client who she wasn't sure if she was born before midnight or after midnight. And when I put the five minutes to and five minutes after, I got a completely different chart. I've had examples of that before with clients around midnight, and I could shift that gauge an hour, an hour, 10 minutes, and I really wasn't seeing a huge difference in their chart. So every person is ultimately unique and your birth time is very important because those few minutes can change. I know for some, and even for myself, I've had a birth time correction and mine is out by four minutes. It didn't change my chart. I know other people who have had a correction by 10 minutes and it's actually affected a quite a large portion of the human design, but not as drastic. I, I'm here, I'm talking about gates that are active or centers that are open or closed, you know, and that does affect how one operates and feels and moves. The other thing too is when you have a reading and you're not sure of the birth time, you're absorbing and consuming information, which is ultimately affecting you on some basic psychological level. 
which is why it's so important to know that the information you're consuming is not going to be incorrect because sometimes you can't undo what's been said and then you get something stuck in your head and it can actually be a very negative experience for you. Yeah. You can feel that the science is negative based on that experience. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, knowing your birth time is just, yeah, that's the most important. That's really the critical thing. It is. Should we talk about Mars and Mars in general? Because what we're wanting to encourage the watchers and the listeners is we want you to actually go and have a look at your human design chart. We want you to have a look at your astrology chart, your astrogeography. You want you to ultimately understand what Mars is about and about for you individually. <coughs> so Meg, will you explain Mars from an astrological point of view? Yeah. So, I mean, so the, it's Mars is an interesting one. Okay. So because Mars is known as like the fire and it's the motivation and it's our drive and it's our assertion and everything, we as women get told it's like being bossy and overly confident and, you know, all of these kinds of things. But um, the interesting thing for you, Lauren, was that your um, birth chart, you, your missing element is fire. So moving to a Mars line is actually bringing you back into alignment, having a little bit of fire, having a little bit of um, passion um, is actually kind of really needed for, for, for you in particular. So I think um, that's kind of key. Sometimes if you're, if you've got a lot of fire in your chart, moving to a Mars line could be quite challenging. It could make you, it could like bring on those lower expressions of Mars. So being really driven to succeed at all costs, um, wanting, you know, um, slightly aggressive. Uh, you might even find that, you know, sort of um, people are sort of um, violent towards you and there are negative expressions, but for the most part, um, Mars gives us a little bit of fire and a little bit of, um, yeah, passion. It ignites a bit of passion in, in us. And I think also it's important to kind of look at where your Mars, like your the element that your Mars sign is in as a first point. So that's why I always go back to astrogeography is not just looking at the lines on the map. You actually have to look at the natal chart first because understanding where your Mars is placed and what the aspects are, what's, you know, what other planets are communicating to that um, that that placement is really really key so for mine I have my Mars in air and so that makes it like a very um it's in Libra and it's it's a very mental thing it's like a I'm motivated by getting really stuck in my head a lot actually and it's conjunct my Saturn so that makes it extra sort of uh tricky yours on the other hand is in Virgo and so yours is earth so it's grounding uh your Mars energy the themes that come up for you is being grounded and like a like long stamina you know th those kinds of things can be um a result of being on your Mars line. Um, if you have Mars in a fire sign, so Aries, uh, Sagittarius, and Leo, then you're like a little bit fasty, you know, that, that like that fire, those two fire elements actually play up, you know. Um, and so you might actually find yourself like really competitive. Like if you're into competitive sport, um, going to a Mars line actually can help you be extra competitive. You can run that marathon. You can have like a lot of energy. And then if you've got a Mars in water, um, that's very emotional um, and can, can bring up like emotions linked to that um, motivation. So, yeah, understanding where your placement is um, of Mars before you look at the lines on the map. and then 
you know, on the lines of the map, there's like multiple different ones. We could probably like spend a whole episode talking about them, but the four angles, you know, AC lines are awareness of self, your DC lines are relationship lines, MC is midheaven, so it's career and work, which is the one you're you're on. Um, and RC is home and family. So that you know, the themes can kind of come up as well, depending on what angle you're on. But yeah, that's like a story for another day. <laughs> How does Mars at least another at least another episode? <laughs> yeah, at least another episode. How does Mars impact on um human design? Because I think that's interesting. So I'm seeing Mars in the chart, both in the design and the personality, which what we get. And if one looks at the human design chart, you'll see that on the one side, you have the design and the other side, you have the personality. Without making that too complex, the design is how you move through the world and the personality is who you think you are. So in the design aspect, we've got conscious gates. And then in the personality, we have the unconscious gates. Now, we're seeing for myself, um, I've got that in the root, which is 39. So it's activating, there's gate 39 that's active in the root and 40 in the heart, the willpower. And both those centers for me are defined. So there's a lot of drive as well in that um, and in those spaces because the defined willpower has got a desire to be successful and to push forward and try hard. And with 40, here's a lot about like giving to the tribe, giving to the community, um, standing a bit separate from it, but, but kind of being that voice of the community. And then 39 in the root, that's all about like provoking into action, like forcing change, but not like forcing it in a negative way, forcing it as in provoking it, inspiring it and creating that change and wanting to change and move. So it's interesting that Mars being here for me, both conscious and unconscious, it's activating that, that wants to, and that drive to make a change, stand out, do something. And it's giving me that extra fire. And I can definitely feel that fire. Definitely. Yeah. Cause your, that, your Mars placement, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's in yours is in the 11th house. Um, so it's communities, broader communities. And so that actually plays into that, your gates, you know, it's activating those gates and how you show up in the world. And for you, you've got the the spleen that's active. You've got 57 and then you've got 40, yeah. um, which is your willpower also. So we actually share that, except your willpower is open. And so there's that like that very open heartedness and the open willpower easily affected by those who are defined because it gives you that motivation and the defined spaces come into the space of an open space just like I always say like a plug to a socket yeah. and we activate each other and it's such a beautiful synergy that happens and that's why human design we find that our partners often reflect where we open their defined and vice versa or we share gates and that's what creates that friendship and that connection ultimately and you're you've got 57 in the spleen and that's a defined space for you and 57 is all about intuitive clarity knowing in the now so that's quite interesting for you because that's part of your design it's how you move through the world so ultimately you're quite connected into feeling what's right for you but always remember for yourself to bring yourself back to the present and not worry too much about the future because you can spin out a little bit <laughs> yes 
Yes, I, I futurize a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what the gate is saying. It's saying like try and just be here in the presence and just be here in the now because now has the answer for the future. So I kind of feel like it also ties in what we were talking about when you're mentioning how you function from an astrological point of view. I saw like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's true. Um, and maybe that's why we work so well together is because we've got this nice little synergy. Um, I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> And what's even nicer about it is that one, when we have designs that we share connection with, which is happens naturally, just like the places you want to visit and things you want to do, places you want to go, it's a natural connection. You're going to feel that connection. So the next time the listeners, the viewers are, you're taking a moment, you're sitting by yourself, you're meditating, feel where you're naturally drawn to and don't doubt yourself because usually what you feel is actually the truth of the places that are calling you or the the people that you're most attracted to from an energetic point of view. And we often just kind of fob it and be like, oh, you know, that's crazy. I can't do this. I can't do that. When in actual fact, it's calling you, there's an activation. Even Meg, you mentioned something which I thought was brilliant the other day when we were chatting about how even just doing a workshop online in another country where you have an activation can totally empower you. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I like I use astrogeography to like, yeah, not not how I make my friends, but yeah, who I connect with on social media. I'm really conscious of who I who I'm I sort of where where do they live and what are they activating, um, and yeah, I'm doing a course now based on of astrogeography, and I think it's so interesting because so many of my um, clients come. I always ask, you know, what are the places you've been to? Where are you considering going? And all of them know where they're going, and it's it's generally always right for them. It's always the you know the best decision. Like you could almost like that is that's your calling. You need to go there, whether it's a, a lesson you need to learn, or it's actually something that is going to challenge you, or whether it's actually just really really good for you. Um, yeah, knowing and places knowing that, that you're not drawn to are the places ultimately you should avoid (laughs) yes definitely yeah and I mean also like it kind of explains also with astrogeography like you know um if you have like a taste for something like you're like you know you're just like this got this craving for like you know a a particular food or a culture that you're just obsessed with and never been to it's like maybe there's a line there that's like often very that often happens as well. And people often refer to that as like kind of this past life connection to the state. Yeah. They'll feel this past life attraction yeah. to a country or a place or an experience that they've had. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sure I've lived there in a past life. I had that in Rome when I went many years ago. For some reason, I just, I, it could have just been pure intuition, but I somehow just knew the, the side streets and the back alleys as if I was reading a map I'd always had and I just kind of it was the weirdest experience of my life oh, weird. I wanted to just say something about my experience of go- going to a Mars line because the one I've been to in astrophotography or astrogeography is is the Mars DC line is the one with relationships but now my Mars placement is in the sixth house so it's very close to the descendant so it would be close to relationships as well and generally, it's kind of considered as like this, like you end up having fights or arguments with, with your partner or you're, there's a friction or whatever. But now I'm thinking, because you told me about that open um, open will center, that yes, yes. maybe that actually helped activate it because I've always had really great experiences there. I've always felt like energized by that, by that being on that line. I've been to 
um, Croatia has it and um, Nasna down in, in the Western Cape. So, you know, I've been to those two places and I've, I always loved the energy there. Yes, there were a few disagreements or arguments. I am an Aries rising, so there's a little bit of like fire and sometimes I just jump before thinking. Um, but yeah, the, the, the effect of that line has, has always been quite positive. And now I'm wondering if it was the people that I was around that were just, I was plugging into. Yes, definitely. With an open center that you've got, you are open to the energies and the influence of the energies of those around and of the space, of the area, of the people. You're yeah. open, so you're absorbing. Where when we defined, we're the ones reflecting, we're the ones emanating. So there's less conditioning zero conditioning in those spaces where you've got so much conditioning coming into an open space. That's why it's so tricky. The more open your chart is, the more open you are to a lot of negative self-belief and human design touches on that. It's like, you know, let's look at these spaces that are open because there's this belief I'm not good enough that I can't do it, that I'm like this or that, where in actual fact, that's just a whole lot of stuff one's holding onto, which needs to just be purged out of that. But you definitely are influenced by a space in an area that's open. Unfortunately, I don't have those spaces open here. So I wouldn't feel um, that's a different type of feeling, but I'd be interested to go to a space where I'm open in a mm -hmm. center and feel what that energy activation is like for me and how I feel and think in that space. I would imagine that one would be more open to the collect consciousness slash unconsciousness of the area yeah amazing wow so much more to talk about <laughs> I know. that's a good thing we're going to do another episode yeah exactly <laughs> well that's all we have time for today we want to keep it short and sweet and keep you hooked obviously we'd love you to have a reading with us but there are so many resources online that you can look for free find a reader or a person that resonates with you or support us we would love the support mm -hmm. we appreciate it so that we can keep doing what we love doing which is expanding our consciousness bringing you information and you know trying to trying to work with energy in a different way as we move forward and i don't know if you guys have heard about the changes that are going to take place in 2027 there's a lot of interesting things that are going to happen meg and i are going to cover that as we go through little bit by little bit so Stay tuned. Thank you. And Meg, what's our closing line now? We're going to love and leave you. We're going to love and leave you. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>